the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show today. And, uh, you know, we just had um, celebrated Mother's Day. It's May. And uh, I hope your Mother's Day, if you're a mother, I hope your Mother's Day was amazing. Um, mine is spent, you know, spending time with my children and now with my grandchild and another one on the way that's going to be here in a couple of months. So, um, you know, when we are going through trials and tribulations, which we all are, you know, this time of going through what we've been going through and social, the social aspect of not being in social settings like we were and took for granted, I'm sure, in a large degree, we took for granted our social um, settings that now we're, you know, these things are starting to open up, right? And it's just difficult to feel uh, that comfort level. And it's like everything is apprehensive. And I think that emotionally it's been stated that, you know, we might think that we are not traumatized or that our children aren't traumatized. But I think really we need to take an assessment of ourselves and, uh, you know, like, where are you right now? I mean, seriously, in your heart, where are you in your head? You know, where are you? Um, take an assessment of where you are. You know, do you feel centered? Do you feel balanced? I'm not even going to ask you if you feel normal because I don't even know what normal is. Does anybody? But where are you and where is your family? As a mother, we have this responsibility. Fathers, too, but I'm just talking about Mother's Day right now and me being a mother, not a father. I can come from that perspective with um, a pretty good energy that, you know, our our goal is to train them up in the way they shall go. But this is so unnatural and so different than anything we've ever experienced that it's very difficult to know how to navigate through all the things that we've been having to navigate. Now, that's just on a personal level with our children, uh, you know, and then we, then when we throw in business people, and dealing with the business aspect and the employees at work and their families, it adds a whole nother level of um, concern and understanding that needs to be had. And the juggling and the flexibility that we must have, there's so many calling outs and there's uh, so many just strategic trying to figure out how are we going to make this thing keep going. So it hasn't been easy on any level for anyone, from the children not being able to go to school to the moms that are juggling uh, schooling their children, taking care of their kids at home, and also trying to keep their jobs. And and then the men, you know, uh, just figuring out how to make it all flow and make it all work is has been very difficult. And for those of you that have lost your jobs or restaurants that have closed and dancing, you know, I have a whole dancing community. And, and you know, I have to tell you, their lives is social. Their lives is going to dance studios and dance conventions and 
you know, teaching people how to dance, which is physical touch and breathing on each other. And, and it's just come to a screeching halt for a very long time. And this was the way the dance teachers made their money. And, you know, hairdressers and nail people. And I, I could just go on and on and on. And it really makes you just really wonder, you know, like what's really important? What's really important? And I, I think what's really important, and this is what I'm getting, and there's, there's lots that I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about multiplication and fruitfulness, and I'll tell you why that's important uh, right now and, and on top of mind for me right now. But to be present is the best present you can give. Now, isn't it interesting that word is spelt exactly the same and it has two completely different meanings? But the best present, the best gift you can give is you being present wherever you are right this minute with whomever you're with. So I'm with you right now. So for me, my responsibility right now is to be present with you and present always with the Holy Spirit. I always want the Holy Spirit to be with me. I always want to be prayed up to where I can feel his presence, that I know he's here, because in the Bible it talks about be fruitful and multiply. Now, I used to, when I read that scripture, I used to think of making babies, you know, you know, be fruitful and multiply. Okay, let's have babies. But it's so much more than that. So I'm going to back up a little bit, and I'm going to tell you where I've been the last week. Um, every year, I go to a convention, a conference, whatever you want to call it, and it's in Hawaii, and it changes from island to island Every year, it's in a different island, different hotel, uh, different setting. And what's nice about this is it pulls me out for an entire week, and I'm going to the island, which is just amazing. The weather is nice. The You can hear the ocean crashing on, you know, the waves crashing, and you can, it, it's just beautiful. And it sets you apart from what your day-to-day, I don't want to call it grind, but your day-to-day it's, it's pulling you away from that. So I, um, I, I at first asked my daughter to come, but she's, you know, six, seven months pregnant and has a little one. And then I asked my son Tyson to go. And I said, Tyson, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to want you to go to the conference because we hear the word. We're with other like-minded people, business people, people that want to do God's will in their lives. And I want my children, and I want everyone I know, for that matter, to experience what I experience in this event. Uh, I've learned so much about being a good steward, about money, about our finances. And I've learned so much about, you know, stepping up and being around people that are going to challenge you to be more and do more and step out of your comfort zone and be courageous be strong. And, uh, you know, you can be with people where you have a comfort level or you could push yourself out of the comfort level and get where it's uncomfortable. And God wants you to be uncomfortable. I think he really does want you to be uncomfortable. And when I think back when I was writing my book, Learning to Breathe, um, I had had a, a, an accident. A horse threw me. Um, I shattered my leg. I didn't know if I was going to be able to walk again. The surgeon didn't know if I was going to be able to walk again. And so I had some time to think about, oh, my goodness, you know, what is my life going to look like if I don't have my leg? 
And the eye-opener on that is because I always took that for granted. I was a competitive dancer. I was a gymnast. My legs were very important to me. Everything that I did involved my legs more than my arms. Um, My legs were very strong. So for me not to have my leg, it totally put me in a different place. And being in a wheelchair was a, a new experience for me. For six months, I was in a wheelchair. And, and how people treat you when you're in a wheelchair. Now, I know there's people probably listening that are in a wheelchair and you're there for maybe your entire life. I wasn't. Um, mine was short-lived. I, I was only in there for six months. But I can tell you that it's a real eye-opener on how people look at you, how people treat you, that you have to make room for the wheelchair. You know, I'm kind of a small-framed person, but now I have this huge chair with these big wheels and uh, I had to put myself in the back of the room against a wall so I wouldn't trip anybody up and I wouldn't be in the way I'm not used to that I'm used to you know going around the room working the room uh, saying hi to everybody and you know getting to know people but in this case I had to have people come to me I had to have them make an effort to come to me and sometimes, you know, when you, if you have never been in a wheelchair, you've not been around people with a wheelchair, you might be a little uncomfortable with people in wheelchairs. Until I was in a wheelchair, I was, I was that way. I was a little uncomfortable. And now I have no trouble smiling, saying, how are you? I have no trouble asking, how did you get in that chair? You know, um, and people want to talk about it normally unless it's real new and they just are still hurting. Um, And I just found that by me experiencing that, it helped me and opened up the door of new experience and new revelation of how it feels to be in that place. When I go to this Hawaiian event, uh, it's very much listening to all different walks, all different stories of how people went from here to there and the life lesson in the journey. And they have these one-liners or these two-liners like Bloom Bloom Where Your Planet is one of mine. Um, and I'm, it's not an original. I got that from somebody. I can't remember who, but somebody. I heard it and I went, oh, I like that. So I remember it. But reverting back to the Learning to Breathe book, Um, During the time when I was healing, and I had to have my leg up, and I was medicated on Norco and all kinds of things just to get through the pain, and emotionally not knowing what my future held, I, I really was struggling. And I didn't want people to know that I was struggling. So I would I would say in my mind and out loud when people say, how are you doing? I would just say the words, I'm getting better every day. Now, did my body show that I was getting better every day? No. But in my mind, I was telling my body that it was getting better every day. And people would refer to my leg as the bad leg. And I would say, no, it's the healing leg. It's not the bad leg. It's the healing leg. And so I think our words are so important to how our belief system is and how it creates something in us. So when I was writing this book, which was a very interesting process, because I had to sit and couldn't do very much, I thought this is the perfect time for me to to get this story out. 
And so I wrote this book, Learning to Breathe, and it's not a yoga book. It's about, and I'll read what it says. What if your child could not breathe? What would you do? What would you give? How would your life change? When four-year-old Tyson Freeze is stricken with the first mini-devastating asthma attacks, his family's life is forever changed. Learning to Breathe is the riveting true story of how Tyson's mother, Sue, the most recognized, environmentally friendly female pest control operator in the nation, squared off in a life-and-death battle against the asthma that threatened her young son's life and still affects tens of millions of Americans each year. A hero's journey for the parent and all of us. A how-to manual for keeping your child healthy. Written with the passion of a loving mother, the wisdom of a successful businesswoman, the devotion of a deeply spiritual woman, and the emotional charge and high-voltage suspense of a great thriller. Learning to Breathe is a must-read book. Revealing previous untold truths about asthma, uncovering its secret causes, its surprising cures, the harmful indoor allergens that can aggravate them, and most importantly, how you can save your child's life. That sounds really good, doesn't it? When I wrote this book, I was in a wheelchair. And when I wrote this book, the first thing I needed to do is to remember my timeline. I want all of you, even if you don't write a book, it was so revealing to me when I wrote this book. It was so revealing the process of how I remembered certain events that happened in my life. And I think that you will discover the same thing. That what I, I, I put a timeline from the time I was born to the time I was at currently. And then I had like every 10 years, I had a little chicken scratch on the 10-year mark, and I'd put the 10-year mark. And then I'd start putting my remembrance of critical situations that happened in my lifetime. Having a baby, getting married, my mom's divorce, being sexually molested, just all of the things that led up to my life as it is currently right now. Well, actually not now because I wrote this book um, many years ago. Um, what I discovered was that it was in the critical times, the negative times, the, the storms in our lives, if you want to call it that way. It's in those times that is revealed our learning, our lessons. Our lessons are learned during that time. And what we do with those lessons, hopefully, is to give strength to other people by telling our story. And how God pulled us through the perseverance of sticking in there and fighting through it. That God makes messages out of our messes. It's so good. But it was revealing to me when I did my timeline, and I recommend you do one for yourself. I'm asking Tyson to do one for him right now. Because I want him to understand his story and how God is revealed in his story. There's been a lot of things that have happened to him. And what we discovered on this trip is that, you know, one of his gifts, which has never been like a title on it or a name on it, is he's a problem solver. And what we realized by this every day being there from 8 to 12 in this conference room with our masks on, six feet between us, um, what we realized is that that's what E. is. That's what our employees are. We're problem solvers. When I'm at a party... 
when was the last time I was at a party? But when I'm at a party or some type of gathering, people say, well, what do you do? Well, what do you do, right? That's the normal question we ask, right? Well, I'll say I'm a licensed killer. And everybody takes a step back and chuckles, you know, because I am a licensed killer. I am. And it's funny, but it's the truth. But what I really am now, as, as of this week, going to Hawaii and understanding even further, is that E. coli and everyone in my company is a problem solver. You have an issue, we have the solution. We just have to figure out how deep, how big, how wide your problem is, and then we figure out what's the best individual solution to, to fix and solve your problem. And the biggest frustration for us in our company is, number one, getting good people, uh, you know, hiring and training and getting those good people on board with us. We need about 20 right now. If you know somebody that wants a career in the business, we'd love to talk to you. But the issue is, is that sometimes people get a little bit lackadaisical in their day-to-day, and they, they call to get someone else to problem-solve for them. Instead of figuring it out, trying to say, here's the problem, what can I do to fix this problem? Instead of rescheduling or, you know, calling someone else to come and fix a piece of equipment or anything like that, it's much better if everybody is in a position of solving their problem and solving the customer's problem so we don't have to reschedule and whatnot. I, I hope you're catching my drift. So in this meeting... That was an aha moment. Another aha moment was they were talking about multiplication. Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. And um, they were talking about multiplication. So I'm going to talk about, I, I pulled up Bible Gateway on, the first one is multiply. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. Genesis, as for you, be fruitful and increase in number. Multiply on the earth and increase upon it. So multiplication was the main theme for our conference. And it brought on, after listening to speaker after speaker and story after story, it became so relevant to me, that my job is to multiply. My job is to multiply in thinking, multiply in skill set, multiply in people to get the problems solved, and multiply them and coach them on how to be more like Jesus. So for me, that's my goal. I've been in the industry, the pest control industry, for 41 years. It's hard to believe that. And I've been on the radio for 12 years, and it's hard to believe that, too, but it's true. And on the radio show, I just want to say thank you to every county, uh, San Diegans, for listening on K-Praise for KDAR, the word, the living word, um, in Ventura and Oxnard. Thank you so much for listening. And KKLA, Orange County, L.A., thank you. And KUHL, and there's a lot of other stations, too. Up in Santa Maria, San Luis Obispo, just thank you so much for listening, and I would love for you to connect with me by going to Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word dot com, and just connect with me. Please connect with me. And what I would like for you to, to tell me is if you could explain who you are and how your gifts are multiplying those around you, I'd love to hear from you on that. Who are you? You know, there was a time in my life early on, 
I don't remember what age I was. It was a two-story house in Westminster, and I was um, in my room, and I remember crying out to God. I just said, God, why am I here? It's got to be more than what I'm doing so far. Why am I here? And I had the little poem of Desiderata on my wall. Go placidly amid the noise and haste. I remember what peace there is in silence. And it goes on and on and on. But I memorized that because it was up there and I memorized it every day. It's not scripture, but it's something that I memorized. And I've kind of leaned on that a little bit. Anyway, so uh, in scriptures, it also has something here I want to read to you in Leviticus. It says, if you remain hostile toward me and refuse to listen to me, and this is the Lord, I will multiply your affliction seven times over as your sins deserve. Ooh, that's kind of a warning, isn't it? Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. A lot of things happen by our words. Do you realize that? It's in our words that things happen, both positively and negatively. So we really have to guard our tongues and we have to watch our words. Um, I find that that is so true in all aspects of my walk. With the choice, choicest gifts of the ancient mountains and the fruitfulness of the everlasting hills, that's Deuteronomy, the Lord made his people very fruitful. He made them too numerous for their foes and fruitful land into a salt waste because of the wickedness of those who lived there. Here's one. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. What a beautiful picture that is in Psalm 128, 3. And don't we all want that? Don't we all want that? God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Be fruitful and increase, or be fruitful and multiply. Okay, and this one is still, Other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. So fruitful, multiply. So I hope you're catching the the theme here of multiplication and fruitfulness. Like I said at the very beginning of the show, I always thought when I read that, I thought it meant, you know, to be fruitful and multiply would mean get married, have children. But it's so much more than that. We all have a calling to be fruitful and multiply. People will say, well, you know, I think that person's a Christian. Do you? And I'll think, I don't know. I'm not the judge. I don't know if someone's a Christian. I base everybody on the fruits. I base it on how they treat people, how they act in a situation, and that kind of tells the story for me on whether I want to move in or keep them in the outer circle. So we will be back with more of the Sue Free Show right after this brief break. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. Hey there, cutie. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate. 
at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS, termitelady.com. What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma, revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, Learning to Breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, Ecola Termite and Pest Control Services, for sponsoring this show. Uh, I'm just grateful. I really am grateful. And I find that when we get down and when we get depressed on anything and everything, I just had a girlfriend who was talking to me, and she's just down and out. And I love this girl so much, and she just has so much love in her, and she's so giving and so kind. And she called me and just says, I'm just ready to throw in the towel. I've just had enough. I just can't believe all that's going on with me, and I just don't know if I want to continue. Well, those are scary words for me and scary words for her. And the advice I gave her, because, you know, she goes, Sue, I don't know how you handle everything that you handle. I don't know how you deal with everything you deal with. And I I told her, I said, you know, lately I've just been saying no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. And I pray that over my children. I pray that over Tyson, because we are under attack, all of us. And we need to speak loudly and with strength and courage and know beyond a doubt that victory is ours, that the battle's been fought and the battle's been won. And I'm telling you this with passion because I have to stand on this so many times when I feel like, why, why, Lord, why is this happening? And, you know, people will tell me, Sue, you're, you're being prepared for mighty works, and the devil doesn't like it. And if that's the reason, then I'm gung-ho. I will go through the trials, I'll go through the tribulation, and I will fight the good fight with the Lord. I do not want to fight a fight without God on my side. And I want to be strong. I want to be courageous. The Lord gave this command to Joshua, son of Nun. Be strong and courageous, for you will bring the Israelites into the land I promised them on oath. And I myself will be with you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. I swore to their ancestors to give them. That's Joshua 1.6. Joshua 1.7. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. 
that you may be successful wherever you go. Joshua 1, 7. I want to memorize that one. Joshua 1, 9. Let's just keep going. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. There's somebody that needs to hear this, and I want you to get it inside you. Because look, we're fighting the good fight. And the devil is defeated in Jesus' name. And we need to stand strong and courageous in this world right now. And here's a a, a concern here. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them, will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Okay, if you haven't heard it, it's been said how many times here on one page, and it's all in Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Who needs to hear that? Are you being strong and courageous? I can't be strong and courageous on my own. I can't. But with the Lord, all things are possible. And I just have to say that that whole strength is there for you too. It's there for you too. Joshua said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do to all the enemies you are going to fight. Do you hear that? I know we're under attack. I know we are. But we need to stand strong and stand courageous. I hope you're hearing this because we need it. We need to be reminded of this. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. No weapon formed against you is going to win. Ooh, that's so good. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that. Deuteronomy 30, prosperity after turning to the Lord. When all these blessings and curses I have set before you come on you and you take them to heart, wherever the Lord your God disperses you among the nations, And when you and your children return to the Lord, your God, and obey him with all your heart and with all your soul, according to everything I command you today, then the Lord, your God, will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where he scattered you. Do you feel scattered right now? Do you hear that? Listen, my hardest difficult times is when I've walked away. God does not walk away from us. We walk away from him. And that might be you right now. And you're feeling like, I can't do this anymore. Oh, my goodness, Lord. I can't do this anymore. I just want to give up. I know how that feels. I've been there. And I have to tell you that that's not a good road. And the way you pull yourself out is by understanding who you are in Christ, that he created you for a purpose. He created you with a gift. And you need to understand and walk in that. You're an ambassador to Christ. Do you know that? You're an ambassador for Christ. Are you standing tall? Are you putting your shoulders back? Do you have your head lifted high? And are you smiling with the joy of the Lord? Think about the things that you're thankful for. Think about, are you in a wheelchair? Or are you being able to walk? Do you have a roof over your head? Or are you on the street with a little plastic piece of plastic over your head? 
and a shopping cart with all your belongings in it. I know you know what I'm talking about. You drive right by them. We do, don't we? More than ever right now. It's sad, isn't it? We have so much to be thankful for, and I know we're going through things. I know. I know I am too. But I know there's always somebody that's got it worse off than we do. And I know that if we really think about it, we have so much to be thankful for. And if I'm your reminder, if, if hearing my voice right now, hearing you, hearing me say this to you, snap out of it. Just snap out of it and understand. It could be a lot worse. It could be so much worse. And I don't wish that on you. I really don't. But I do want you to realize what you've got right now and that you've got a lot to be thankful for. And I'm hoping that you grasp that. In this Hawaii event, there was many people that got up there. There were teachers, biblical pastors, I mean, on fire pastors. I mean, oh, man, I want to be under that every day, not just on Sunday. I want to listen to them. You know, podcasts, there's so many ways we can get fed now. And I need to learn how to do all those electronical ways. I really do. I need to have Audible. I need to, I need to learn how to listen and have those ear pods in my head. And I need to stop watching Facebook so much and those things. And I need to be fed. It's what we're hearing and what we're saying we need to, and what we're seeing. We need to guard that, you guys. I'm telling you, you need to guard that. Stop watching TV. It lies to you. Stop watching lying TV. I heard that last night by Les Brown. I thought that was so good. We need to stop watching TV. Stop watching the news. Stop listening. It's not correct. It's not truth. And we need to spend more time in the word. We need to know scripture. We need to memorize it. We need to know it. It needs to come off our tongue. And we need to find our strength in him. Some of you are there. Some of you are going, yep, she's right. I know I need to do that. Okay, good. That's good acknowledgement. But you know, nothing happens until we make a change. We can talk about it. We can think about it all day long. But until we take action, it's just words. It's just words. So I have two ways to go here, and I don't know how much time I have, so I'm going to go with this. This book was given to me a long time ago, and it's called Fruitfulness. And I haven't read it, and it's such a small book. Why have I not read it? I have no idea. But I'm going to now because going to this conference woke me up to a whole nother understanding of fruitfulness. And so I'm going to read this, but right now I want to share something with you. I read the introduction of this book. I've been carrying this around in my radio bag for, I don't know, probably four years. Anyway, here's what it says, the introduction. Are you ready? To be fruitful, you must be productive. Like the farmer, fruit bearers are constantly in the process of sowing seed. Like people in business, fruit bearers are constantly seeking better efficiency and higher yields. That's me totally me. They want to spread their tents, so to speak, and widen their horizons. Those who do not understand the kingdom principle of getting more out of life by being fruitful and multiplying condemn themselves to a life of mediocrity or worse, lack and failure. People who do understand the principle and work it prosper. 
Let me ask you a question. I have people that I think that they think it's wrong to prosper. They think it's wrong to have money, to buy, to, to drive a nice car, to have a nice home, to make money. And I just have to say to those that might have that type of, in my opinion, stinking thinking, what I'm going to say there, and you might be offended by that, and I'm okay with that. I'm going to stand bold and strong and courageous because people look at me sometimes and say this and that and whatever. And what I say back is the more money I make, the more money, the more people I can help. The more people I can help, the more money I make. And so I am not going to stop prospering. I'm not going to stop making my uh, process more efficient so that we can get more out of a day and help more people be employed by E. cola and more customers get problem solved to get their problem solved. You know, why some other company? Why not E. cola? Of course I want everybody to go to E. cola. I want E. cola to be the first choice and hopefully, if not the first choice, the second opinion because I want to make sure that everybody gets what they should be getting. No more, no less. So it's important that I get the word out. It's important that I multiply because I'm only one person and I can only do so much. And those of you that don't understand this concept are going to be limited in what you can give. Not receive, but give. It's in the giving. The joy is in the giving, not the receiving. It is unacceptable not to bear fruit. It's unacceptable to show up at your job and not bear fruit. It's unacceptable to show up at your ministry assignment and not bear fruit. It's unacceptable to get married and not bear fruit. I believe God considers marriage a failure. Are you ready? If it does not produce peace, joy, security in the lives of the husband and wife. Okay, listen to that right now. Okay, Fruit does not mean make babies. It can. Multiply could be babies. But it also could be other things like peace, joy, security. Both lives should be enhanced as a result of coming together in matrimony. Otherwise, each would have been better off remaining single. It's unacceptable to buy a house and it not produce fruit when you sell it. Normally, your house should be worth much more when it's sold than it was when you bought it. Everything we do and become a part of should be better as a result of our involvement. I call that being fruitful. God, our creator, is purposeful, and he has given us the gift of life for a purpose. There are animals, insects, and even plants that we as humans couldn't care less about. Well, I care about the bugs because... I do, but God made them and they have a purpose. When we don't understand the purpose of a thing, we ultimately abuse it or misuse it. And we don't benefit from the purpose for which it was made. I circled this next line. Are you ready? Life is a journey. I love that. That is designed to lead us to the place of fulfillment and accomplishment. That is the nature of the gift of life. If our life does not keep us on the journey of fulfillment and accomplishment. We have misused or abused the purpose for which we were given life. Some of you right now feel stuck. Some of you feel like you're not moving at all. You're just stuck. What do you do there? I've been there. I've been there. I, I uh, one time had a visual where I had 
both of my feet in concrete blocks, and they were so cemented in there and so heavy that I could not lift my foot to move, not even an inch. I was that stuck. What did you do, Sue? I, I closed my eyes, seeing those cement blocks on my feet, and I visualized a hammer coming down and breaking up the cement. And in my mind, I had to make a decision that I was going to take action and I was going to have motion. And even if I moved one inch, I would not be stuck anymore. Some of you are stuck. Some of you don't know what your purpose is. Some of you just haven't figured that out. Use what you have. I was told that Moses' story, and Moses was the best manager. In business, he, he was the, the character in the Bible, not character, but the person in the Bible that showed management, and how he showed it is using what he had. I'll give you a little side story. I'm in my hotel room, and we had gone to a store, and I bought papaya. I love papaya, but I only love papaya in Hawaii. It just tastes better. Same with pineapple. And I had one for each morning because I loved having my papaya. It saved me money. I didn't have to go and have breakfast out in a restaurant where, you know, a restaurant breakfast would be $28. Outrageous. But a papaya is so much more healthy, enzymes, great for digestion, And it was just so wonderful. I made my coffee in my room, and I had my papaya. Well, the I only had the housekeeper, the the people that come and clean your room. I only had them come once because I like to help them save money, and not I didn't need to be um, new towels every day, and and you know I mean I just I didn't need all that. So when they came in after three days, they took my little plastic knife that I had to cut my papaya. And they took my little plastic spoon that I had to eat my papaya and get the little seeds out of the middle. So I talked to Tyson. I said, oh, my gosh, they took the knife. And the knife was broken, but it still worked as a knife. And um, Tyson says, use your credit card. And I thought, credit card? And it worked even better than the knife. So I used my American Express to cut my papaya. And I used my American Express to eat my papaya. And did it taste better? No, but it was kind of fun just realizing that I could use what I had, okay? Then I had bought a block of pepper jack cheese because I love pepper jack cheese, and they have a little refrigerator in there, so, you know, we kept it in the fridge. I didn't have a knife to cut my cheese. Now, that was a little more difficult. So Tyson, I said, Tyson, I said, you know, I don't have the knife, and I want some cheese and crackers. He says, well, I have dental floss. I'm like, dental floss, it did such a great job. My son has always been, I always called him MacGyver. He's like a MacGyver. He always finds a way to get the job done. He is a problem solver. So I bring that up because we have to use what we have, don't we? So what is it that you have? And when you figure out what you have, you might also discover what your purpose on this earth is. Because God gave you certain tools and certain skill sets. He gave you gifts. And when you work in those and what you're passionate about, if you think about what you're passionate about, what lights your fire? What gets you fired up? What would you do even if you didn't get paid for it? 
understand what that is, and I'm telling you, your life will change. Anything that does not bring forth what it was designed to produce is in danger of forfeiting its life or its ability to produce. One of the palm trees in my backyard stopped producing fronds or leaves. I don't know why, but for some time I have observed its lack of fruitfulness. I decided to remove the tree, and I have it replaced with one that would bring forth the beautiful fronds that only a palm can produce. Sorry, I had the book in front of Facebook Live. Maybe the older tree had contracted a disease. I don't know. The tree was not productive and therefore not living up to its intended purpose. Like my palm, how often do we allow ourselves to not live up to our intended purpose? A palm tree does not have the right or the ability to bear apples, bananas, or pears, and it does not have the option not to produce what it was made to produce. It can only do what it was designed by its creator to do. Like the palm, the life man has to live is not up to him. When an apple tree produces apples, a banana tree produces bananas, and a palm tree produces large fronds, we call that fruitful. So what do you think your creator wants to call you? Fruitful. Here's scripture. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them, and God blessed them, and God said, God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Life is a gift. The gift of life, which is given to us by God, has a purpose. The plant that won't stay green, we disregard. The flower that cannot bloom, we throw away. The fruit tree that won't produce, we destroy. Jesus provides keen insight into the value. The Father God puts on the fruit he expects us to bring forth. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husband. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. While God created man with a free will to make his own choices, it is clear that man has no pathway to a fulfilled life without being fruitful. Being fruitful almost done bring forth into the world that God has gifted us with it is not an option we were born to be fruitful seven secrets of getting more out of life is designed as a roadmap to success for all those seeking a way out of loss lack and dissatisfaction God wants your joy to be full the Christian life is about more than believing God while constantly being whipped in the world it's a lifestyle of fruitfulness and there is a direct connection between being fulfilled and satisfied in your life and bearing fruit fruitfulness seven secrets to getting more out of life by Edward A. Smith I have not read this other than that, and I'm intrigued by that, and more so since I went to this conference and they talked about multiplication and fruitfulness. So um, some other things that happened on this journey were people that I met, and one of the persons I met at the door as I'm waiting for the door to open and us to kind of run for our seats And people buy in on different levels, and so there's different levels and different perks that happen with the different levels. And the more more, um, cooperation or contribution you make, the more, um, I don't want to say status because I don't like that, Um, the more perks you get. So, you know, if you you are one of the higher 
um, contributors, then you get front row seats. If you are in the middle, then you're in the middle. And if you're, if you're, you know, just trying to scrape by, then you're in the back. But it doesn't mean that you can't work by listening to what's being told and taught. It gives you the opportunity to move to the front if that's what you want to do. Now, I don't know about you, but me, I just want to strive for excellence. I want to learn as much as I can learn. I want to be the best I can be for God. I want to be the best leader I can be for my employees and their families. I really want to contribute. I want to help every person I can. Will there be um, disappointment along the way? Yes, there will. I was going to go into trust because I discovered something on the way here that I'm not going to go into detail. But do you guys realize that when you're in a position where um, you're in a position you might not appreciate the gift that you have with maybe the job you have or the people that you're involved with, um, take an account of that and make sure that you're in the right circle and you're at the right job. But if you are, don't take it for granted. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. And don't break that trust no matter what. Don't break the trust in Jesus' name. So thank you so much. God bless you. Bye-bye. Ah, it's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home. Your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call Ecola Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. Ecola has one time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every other month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. Ecola keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call Ecola today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877 332 Bugs. No more creepy crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS.